Hello Zampu and welcome to Hello from Bhutan. I am Namgi Zam. Today on the podcast, I have with me Tamchi Rinzen from the Tourism Council of Bhutan talking about the sweeping changes that's happening in the tourism sector in Bhutan. We're going to start with transformation, which is on everybody's minds and everybody's writing about it. Why is the transformation taking place right now in the tourism sector? Uh, thank you, Namgi, uh, for having me uh, as part of the TCP team to talk about this very important transformation in tourism that's happening. And uh, getting back to your question about why now, I want to answer in two different uh, responses. First is the whole nation, Bhutan, is going on a transformation. So there's this education reform happening, there's civil service reform happening. So there are other reforms happening. And uh, it's, it's only uh, fair and it's only um, reasonable that we do it together. I think if you have to have a bigger impact for the nation, uh, everything has to go together. You just can't have one sector getting transformed. The rest are just not least bothered, not bothered at all. So for future of Bhutan, it, things have to happen together. That's one of the main reasons. The other one is uh, due to COVID. So the past two years, we didn't really have a business. With the exception of domestic, uh, some domestic business, we didn't have business. So they gave um, people who went in, in tourism an opportunity to, to engage in other businesses. So some have become entrepreneurs in IT. Some have gone gone back to farm uh, villages to become an educated farmer. They're doing well. So this has given us less pressure to restart. Imagine if this has happened uh, at the peak, it would have been impossible for us. So because tourism needed a change, uh, we needed a change, I think, for the, for the good of the country. So we needed a change. So this was the perfect time, if not the best time, to actually uh, for us to do a transformation. These are some of the reasons of why we're doing it now. What are the changes that are happening? What are the major changes that are happening? One of the first things that's happened is, uh, you know, previously there was something called the minimum daily package rate. So tourists uh, who wanted to come to Bhutan, they had to route their travel to a tour operator. Only tour operators could process visa for them and then they had to pay this minimum daily package rate, which is inclusive of the sustainable development fee, minimum of three stalls and three meals. And of course, the license guide and also inclusive of everything that if they actually wanted to go on trekking. So this was there previously. Now, with a new change, um, you don't have to use a tour operator. Of course, you can use a tour operator. Now, we know that uh, a lot of people use tour operator because they're professionals in the field, but they have a choice now. And the other thing is they can just pay the STF upfront and the visa fee and then choose uh, other things even when in Bhutan. Previously, they had to actually book everything in advance. But now they can choose after coming to Bhutan and they can have a first night hotel booking or even don't have a hotel booking. They come to here and then just go for a hotel. But it must be in minimum three star or TCV certified hotel. That's one change. The other one is, of course, the increase in STF. So for international tourists, it was 65. Now it's become $200. This is not inclusive of anything. It's just the STF. And then in addition, one-time visa fee of $40. And for tourists from India, new term uh, $1,200, which is equivalent to, I think, $16 or $17. So that's this. these are the two uh, major changes. Of course, there are a lot of other things that we are looking at, of course, professionalizing the industry itself in a big way. Because when we are talking about high-value travel, and some people say it, it's, a, it's a conscious traveler. We're trying to uh, attract conscious traveler, ultra-high net worth individuals. So they have different expectations. They pay more, but they also have different expectations. They don't want to travel to mass destinations. So these are some of the changes that's there in tourism transformation. So for some of our listeners who may not be aware about what the rationale behind 200 US dollars, it's not including anything, right? Mm. How did you arrive at this $200 per day now? That's a very interesting question. I want to quote the example of Honorable Prime Minister. He used this uh, in the parliament. He said in 1991, this was when uh, our STF was 65, then 1991. And he, he said uh, he was going to a college in Ichirapsi and a plate of Momo costed him Newton 5, 1991. And our STF was 65 then. Now a plate of Momo would cost you more than I think 80 or 100 Newton. So in, in terms of the increase in cost of uh, prices, inflation has come so much. In fact, when you looked at the inflation and other things, the STF would have been $700. So, uh, I mean, it's very uh, unreasonable to have a $700 STF. So what, this is one of the things that we uh, looked at uh, in terms of 
coming to this figure. The other reason is people already think that this 200 and 250, the MDPR that we had, inclusive, even though it was inclusive, they think that it's just the entry visa fee. So they have this impression in the mind, perception in the mind of uh, potential travelers that is already there. So it may not be a big change in their mind So if you introduce this. So these are some of the reasons of why we have this figure as $200. Did TCB expect uh, the kind of reaction that came from the Japanese people when these changes were being implemented and are being implemented? Yes, of course. Uh, I think uh, it's a big change. And transformation must be big. I think uh, it's... And we must all believe that it's for future of Bhutan. And I, uh, we believe it's future of Bhutan. I know some people will be impacted ne negatively. And of course, the government is there to support if they can. But we were expecting that there's going to be a reaction from the industry, especially people who were already involved in tourism. And I must also share here that there are other people that come to us and say that, okay, this is something that uh, what TCB has done and the government has done is very good for Bhutan. You know, I think uh, previously, pre-COVID, in some places we saw over mass tourism, over flooding. So we needed something like this, of course, in, in a... In, in a not as to the scale, but there was something needed. So, yes, uh, we did uh, perceive that there was going to be a reaction from people. And there is reaction. And as you know, Namgi, on social media as well, and in the news, and, and even on, on daily, if you go to a bar, you talk about tourism. I think the talk is talk in town is about tourism at this, these days. But it's expected. But it's for the good of the country. I think uh, why there's so much talk on this is because if you look at it, I think almost everybody, somebody, almost every family had somebody involved in the tourism sector, right? We feel that we are the stakeholders of tourism, right? But TCB's identified stakeholders, which may not be our normal definition of stakeholders. Could you share a little bit about okay. that? I think this is a very important question. Uh, stakeholders, I think we have, we focus more on tour operators, hoteliers and guides, restaurants, handicrafts being our main stakeholders. They are very important partners of tourism. But I think the overall important stakeholder is the, the citizens of Bhutan. We are impacted or benefited directly or indirectly through tourism. Uh, we just can't say that, okay, I'm not uh, into tourism business and I don't really bother. I'm not in. It's not true. I think you benefit positively through the contribution of STF and the, the impacts that tourists live and as they travel within the country. Also negatively, I think when you have more people and sometimes, as I mentioned earlier, there were sacred places where we just couldn't have our own time because there were more tourists than us. So there were things like that. So yes, um, stakeholder-wise, and uh, now uh, with a new brand, and by the way, we, we are working on a new brand and we'll unveil that uh, on 23rd September during the opening. And our focus is really on the stakeholder as Bhutanese. You know, one of the things I share with other people is, I'm very proud of this, is when we ask tourists about their top experience in Bhutan, they tell us Bhutanese people. We at TCB fail to understand this. We say, okay, you must uh, visit Bhutan because it's Takzang, Punakazong, you know, Snowman Trek. But we, we fail to understand that the most memorable experience for tourists is the Bhutanese people. In their mind, uh, in their experience, in their eyes, we are trustworthy. I think we are helpful, we are hospitable. So now our focus would be to how do we make this much more stronger for Bhutan. As brand Bhutan, we want to perceive, uh, we want to portray ourselves, we want to work towards Bhutanese being trustworthy, reliable, you know. So that's something that we are looking at. Of course, the happiness of the place had uh, its, its own time. We, we love our brand. Of course, happiness of the place was good. But moving forward with transformation, this has also changed. The focus is the Bhutanese people and the Bhutanese people are the stakeholders of tourism. Mm -hmm. Interesting that you say Bhutanese people are the stakeholders of tourism, but there is this feeling right now that Bhutanese people are being left out and TCP is just sitting in your office and making all of these decisions. Do you want to share a little bit about the process? What is this transformation process? What's really happening? And how, I mean, do you really see people as being stakeholders? Uh, Namgi, I think it's, it's interesting. I'm a Bhutanese citizen. The parliamentarians are Bhutanese citizens. Uh, sometimes I think we misunderstand, misperceive that Bhutanese people left out, meaning that people who were involved in tourism were not consulted. But imagine, you know, if we had to go back to people who had stake in tourism to bring this transformation. It's not possible. 
But if you actually go and talk to people not involved, they'll be least bothered. But if you tell them that we are doing this, they'll be for it. So um, I've been saying this, I think I was just there in Kuzu yesterday. I was telling them, I think we are all part of it. Whether it's TCB, whether it's Ministry of Foreign Affairs, whether it's the parliamentarians, whether it's a shopkeeper, whether it's a farmer, whether it's a tour operator. So there are some uh, sections in the industry, especially our important partners like tour operators, hotels, that probably have, because they have stake. Like we understand that this is their, their daily business. But for a transformation to happen and for a long term, we must have this approach of sometimes you have to understand what we want and get to that. And how you get to that, I think it depends on where you want to get. So that's what happened, I think. Uh, and some people may have felt left out, but uh, it's part of the, I think, the process. Uh, we just can't have everybody on board. If you want to have something achieved in many years on the line, and if you have to agree to everyone, every citizen of Bhutan, I think it's impossible. So that's the process that I think we have to be taken. So as part of the change also, there was a document. Not really, It didn't really circulate on social media. So it wasn't leaked this time, <laughs> but journalists got hold of it. Yeah. The TCB rules and regulations. Yes. Um, so you're talking about how you want to professionalize guides and two operators. And many of us got to see the draft version of it. These rules and regulations, some of it, I think uh, a lot of people were shocked that it could be so strict, even too expensive for them um, to follow. Could you could you tell us a little bit about the development of this and why we want to have these rules and regulations? I, I like this question. I think it'll be it's being leaked. This uh, We were surprised, we were taken by surprise. Um, we shared this draft document. Because the industry has been saying that, okay, they were not consulted. So we shared with the associations uh, for, to give us a feedback. And then it went everywhere. We were not ex- expecting, you know. Um, and then when that happens, it doesn't help, you know. It's just, it's just some people who don't really understand tourism would actually talk and comment. And then there's a few things happen. But we were taken by surprise. Anyway, it's, it's for the good. Yes, it's strict. Uh, we must change. And uh, what I find interesting is there are other things happening in Bhutan. I know there are strict, stricter rules being put. For example, I was just reading uh, the other day, if you are found parking on a footpath, 45,000 new term. I don't know if you knew that. Uh, there no. are things that, like, that happen, you know. Everything's, I mean, I said the transformation is happening together for Bhutan. But the focus has been taken by a tour operators because they're, I think uh, the voice is much more stronger for tourism industry. Um, so it's good and bad. people are involved. Exactly. Point, I think yeah. that's, that's the whole thing. And uh, when everybody is involved in tourism, I think professionalization, focus, we probably lose. And most importantly, the brand that we want to build is actually going to be uh, something that we may not be able to achieve. And the other risk is that when everybody's getting into tourism, and we, we call it low-hanging fruits, right? So if you can't get anywhere, you want to go into tourism and be a, be a, probably be a working in a hotel or restaurant. We want people who are passionate, who want to do something in tourism. We want people who, who actually take brand button forward. So that's the whole purpose why we are doing rules and regulations. We want to make sure that only the right people get into business, not everybody get into business whether they like it or sometimes they do business sometimes they don't because when that happens they can't give high value services to tourists because they're not focused they're not professional because they do it because they have nothing else to do they do it because it's very easy to do and that doesn't that doesn't help the brand uh, to achieve what it wants to achieve Mm -hmm. so that's why the whole change in rules and regulations is happening we want to make sure that we have professional people who we have dedicated with serious people and few people because when we make those restrictions the other people can focus on IT you know Bitcoins or whatever, you know, and Bhutan has a lot of other opportunities, agriculture, big time. So our goal is really like, we want to have these right people in tourism and other people can go into other sectors in, in the country. Mm. And that's where the whole transformation is happening. So that's that's where, where we're looking at in terms of making some strict rules uh, in, in tourism. The Tourism Council of Bhutan also is going to develop a travel portal, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. What is that going to look like? What is included in there? So... Um, when we say there's a new brand and when we say that there is going to be a new set of target individuals we're looking at, the portal has to change. The look and the feel and the words that we use. For example, the high net worth individuals are the people who are 
you know, at a higher level of travel, they would not want to go to places where they call it sightseeing. The word sightseeing, the word uh, two packages are more geared towards mass tourism, uh, we were told. So um, these things have to change. And of course, the branding, the, the, the color, the photographs, the visuals we, we use, the text. So the Star Wars portal, portal is going to be very new. It's, it's, it's going to give you a new feel and look and new information, of course. But it'll also have something called TCV Hub. So there, slowly, we want to get everything online. So people can actually choose tour operators, guides, and guides can feature themselves that they can professional, they can be a... And one of the frequently quoted examples that I use is somebody can become a Thimpu City specialized guide and take you to different interesting places in Thimpu. I don't think you know everything about Thimpu. And I, I have been here for a very long time, but I don't know everything about Thimpu. But somebody can be specialized. And I wouldn't mind using this guide. But for tourists, he or she can charge $50 per tour, which is a very realistic figure for them. So this portal will allow these things to happen. So it's API integration and payment gateway integration. And um, because this there's change in tourism, this I think force us to be go digital. For example, now I think was a, one of the biggest challenges we have payment gateway system. But when everything is pushed to happen, I think this is, uh, is fall in place. And some agencies will, fo- will be forced to work to get to that. So the portal is geared towards providing this integration of different service things. And of course, it can make it easier for tourists to choose services and book uh, tours to Bhutan. But can other travel operators also do this independently or does this have to be routed through TCB's portal? No, they can do it independently. Of course, uh, TCB portal will help uh, because it's a national tourism office portal and they will have a bigger reach uh, and that can be used to get to their own uh, portal. So, of course, we're talking about innovation and creativity and just can't have the government take over everything and integrate uh, to a common platform. We will let uh, the individuals have their own portal, mm-hmm. but of course, support them through this portal to get into their, uh, their, their uh, individual portals. You mentioned now, I mean, what one of the major changes is, I mean, of course, is that you pay the minimum daily wage, right? And then um, you can fly in and you can book a, a night at the hotel, but you do need a guide, right? Before that. Yes. So guides are mandatory, uh, but slightly that mandatory, we say, but if he or she is staying in Timpu and not just moving around much, then they can, I mean, if she's staying in a hotel or he's staying in a hotel, you don't need a guide to be next to your room and waiting for you, right? So there's some flexibilities we want to give it to tourists. This is, again, actually, we're not saying this is a fixed system. It has to evolve. And one of the things we are looking at is something called Bhutan Host Services. So trained uh, professionals, as soon as we get a booking from tourists, we try, we'll email them and say, okay, how can I help you, you know? Have you made your bookings? Can we help this? So this is where we want to uh, give them a, a high-value customer service. So this is being prepared by TCB at the moment. But yeah, going back to whether guides are mandatory. Guides are mandatory. I mean, if you go trekking and if you go to different places, safety of tourists is very important. And of course, experience is important. In Bhutan, uh, we have stories of places, stories about object, you know. Uh, so everything you see around, many it has got significance. So this is, the interpretation is a very important part of the experience. So that's why I think guides are important. So, but we want to make sure that there's a balance when we say uh, guides are mandatory, in most cases, the guides are required. But in some cases, we need to give flexibility to tourists. This is how we are looking at Interesting to say that you're evolving. So as we go along, <laughs> it's nice to hear that because there's always, I think whenever we think about government services, etc., there's always this idea of rigidity, you know, that things cannot change. So it's nice to hear you share this from the Tourism Council of Bhutan. Is there anything else that you would like to share with our listeners? Um, a lot of things. But uh, one thing I really want to again go back is the stakeholder, Bhutan citizens now. I think now with the new brand, we're looking at Putney's um, being as trustworthy, reliable, hospitable. Uh, we are hospitable, we are trustworthy, but more so really want to walk towards this brand and we seek the, the support of every citizen because Bhutan is our country, every citizen in terms of, even uh, to people who are Bhutanese who are outside Bhutan uh, because they can help us uh, you know, promote our brand. But really we want to achieve this brand. We want to be unique and different in this region, in this part of the world where people say, okay, when I go to Bhutan, they're like, okay, Bhutanese are like, 
fantastic. They're very reliable, you know, they're very helpful, they're very supportive. So this is where we want to get at. So, I mean, this is our dream and I'm, I'm sure we can get there uh, one day. So this is um, my last, of course, request as a person working in TCB that we want to achieve this brand and if everybody could. And for example, if there's a tourist walk, walking uh, by and then we just could say hi and you know, how, how, how you're liking your stay here. And even if you ask something like that, I think it makes the experience of a tourist much more richer. Uh, in, uh, instead of saying just not looking at it and no not talking so this is not Putinese I don't think it's Putinese we like to talk to them we say hi we greet them so that's what we want to request uh, the, our colleagues our Putinese colleagues to really help us do this for new brand Bhutan thank you this episode of Hello from Bhutan is brought to you by the Tourism Council of Bhutan